are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. What a privilege that you'd be here for me and for my wife, and we love you. And just to see your faces means the world to us. I hope you can hear there. We don't have a sleeper speaker, so I can hear it myself, but I can't hear very well, believe it or not. But that'd be okay. I thank all the men and ladies that have worked so diligently to get us ready for this day. And we'll plan on being out here tonight at 6 p.m. as well. Uh, we'll see tonight, maybe Wednesday night, I'll go back in the auditorium and see if you want to have it out here. I'm, I'm glad to have it anywhere. We might change the time next Sunday to be okay at 1030. It's only supposed to be 72 degrees again next Sunday, Lord willing. And uh, you might be a little warm, but at least you're not freezing with air conditioning, I guess. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if it gets real hot later in the month if we're still out here. We'll move it back to earlier service. I'm not suggesting breaking the law, but I am suggesting, I'll tell you right now, I'm not interested in moving into June out here. Um, and uh, sometimes three, three meals on a cot sounds pretty good. And if it means that, we're, we're going back to church, I promise you that. And that God built that building for us. And uh, we've been, you've been patient. You've been very patient. But uh, we need to get back to the house of God. And uh, so I hope we remember that. I want to speak to you this morning. Brother Bertram read the scripture. And um, I think for the sake of time, I won't read all the scripture I want to read today. I'll try to quote some. But we find ourselves at the church now. In the early days of the book of Acts, there's great persecution that's beginning. That persecution began to be such an awful thing. In fact, a deacon lost his head, lost his body, that is. He was stoned to death. Later, Paul lost his head. But God always uses persecution. And I think it's a little bit too much to say that we're in persecution. Nobody's died. No one's lost their head. But this is persecution. We are at the beginning days where we're going to have to stand for our faith. We have people that don't believe that uh, there's a First Amendment. We have people that don't believe we have religious freedom in this country and the world. And uh, it's going to take some patriots to stand for this. And I believe that by the grace of God, uh, your pastor, my wife, we want to stand. But I want to speak to you today about uh, we're coming home. We are coming home. And I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about going home. That's already settled. We're coming home today. But I wonder if we understand when there's times of setback and pandemics and persecution and locked out of a church, I wonder if we've considered this might be a good thing. It doesn't look good. But in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, verse number 8, it says, But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And here, listen to this. Ye shall be witnesses of me. God did not want them to stay in Jerusalem. Ye shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. 
God said, I want you to go everywhere. Here's the problem. They didn't go. They stayed in Jerusalem. And by the way, good things happened in Jerusalem. My goodness, there was great preaching. They organized it and got deacons. Wonderful things were happening. The church was growing. They had 5,000 men saved one day. It was wonderful what was going on. But God's plan, Acts 1, 8, was to leave and go everywhere preaching the Word of God. So God said, I'm going to have to send something. Get your attention. In the chapter number 8, verse 1, not 1, 8, but 8, 1, he sent persecution. And the Bible says as a result of that, they scattered everywhere, everywhere. And they began to go to these places where God told them to go in 1-8. They scattered everywhere. God used the persecution. And tonight, today, God just may be using this in a great way. I want to have prayer. And um, as I have prayer, then we'll look into the message that we're going home. We're coming back. We're in this thing. That's why our theme, Welcome Home. This is home. And while I pray, I'm going to ask Pastor Everson to come. And from this angle, we want to get a picture here and here and here. So he'll move around while I pray. Our Father, I love these people. I know I speak on behalf of my sweet wife, too. We love the North Valley Baptist Church. And uh, we love the buildings, yes. But the buildings are nothing without the people. I've been preaching, and these men have been preaching for eight weeks now outside the building. And though we've tried to have the demonstration of the power of God on our lives, we, we miss seeing people in church. That's what the church is about. God, help me today as we see this church was persecuted. God, you were doing something in, in that moment when we thought it was so bad in, in the book of Acts. You were doing something, and the great churches were going to begin after chapter 8. The church at Corinth was going to begin, and Athens was going to begin, and Ephesus was going to begin, and Galatia was going to begin. And you began to spread the people and the established churches. Lord, I pray that we might realize that the greatest days of our lives in this ministry and the cause of Christ may just be right ahead. We thank you for the wake-up call. We thank you for what you've done in our life. And I pray, dear God, that your touch would be upon the message of the hour. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I do not want you to give you the impression that I don't believe that God was doing something in chapter 1 through chapter 7. God was doing something great. But really it begins to pop out and things begin to happen. And it's an amazing thing when they got on God's program. And more than ever, I want to be on God's program. You deserve a pastor like that. I know I've prayed more. I've sought God more. I've tried to deny myself. I'm asking God that I'd be a different man of God. I don't feel like I've been wrong and hateful. and, and, and all, But I feel like I'm just a wake-up call how fast we can lose this thing. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for your grandfather. Grandkids. I don't want that for your children, your great-grandkids. I want to see something that's left behind. Now, regarding our church, I just happen to believe our church is maybe just perhaps in one of the strongest moments we've ever been. I see it. I don't see you, but I see the evidence. The offerings are strong when we don't have the ability to have them strong. God's using you and you're stepping to the plate. The cards, the notes, the letters are strong. I thank God for Sunday night. Many of you drive through here and just wave and say hello. It's a very obvious uh, indication that you want church. You want the house of God. And so do we. But God's going to take us through some purging, some 
persecution, some difficult moments, and be strong in the Lord. Stand, stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free. I want you to see with me in the book of Acts and in chapter 4, please, if you turn there. The Bible says, as they spake, notice the persecution for the, the governors and the leaders. Governors can say what they want, but God's still going to do what he wants. As they spake, the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection they laid hands on them. I don't think our governor has any desire for the church to open up. When he says that we're non-essential, when he says it's going to be three to six more months before we can enter into that building again, I want to say, Governor, you're wrong. God can remove you. God can save your sorry soul. God can change your life. I'm not, I'm not asking for anything vicious to happen to our governor, but I want you to know that that man doesn't understand what, what the need of that country is, what the need of this state. We're going home, and I want you to know that God's going to open up the doors once again. Now, what became prominent when they began to get under this persecution? You're going to see persecution, all these verses, all these chapters. What, what began to become prominent? Well, notice what he says in chapter 4 and verse number 29. The Bible says in chapter 4, verse, I'll get there, four, verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants with all boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and the signs of the wonders may be done in the name of Jesus. And when they had, the word is what? Prayed. Prayed. God says, I'm going to teach you, they'd already been praying in the upper room, chapter 1, verse 14. But now they get serious. You get over to chapter 12, and there's great persecution. And Herod uh, began to vex certain of the church. He laid hands on Peter. And he began to kill James, the brother of John, with the sword. And the Bible says, but prayer, verse 5, was made without ceasing of the church. If there's ever a moment we've got to use, we must use this moment to say, we must pray more individually. Husbands and wives, families, the church. Last night, this parking lot was filled with men. Some men come with their boys, and I know all you did not know about it, but coming to pray, that's what I'm talking about when we get back in there, that we might be a people of prayer, praying that God would do something mighty in our country. You know that America, God's people, could still yet have revival? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's going to take one man to know how to pray and walk with God. Grandfather, great-grandfather, grandmother, great-grandmother, it might be your prayers before God takes you home that you can see your children and your children's children and your children's children have a free America to preach the Word of God. But you have not because you ask not. In the book of Mark in chapter number 9, those disciples were rather perplexed because they could not heal this man's son who from a child, he gnashed, he was gnashed, he was demon-possessed. They could not figure out what's going on. Why can't he not be healed? They came to Jesus and Jesus said, this kind, this miraculous kind, cometh about only by prayer and fasting. 
humble and beg our church in these pandemic days to realize if there's ever a time, teenager, we need to pray, it's today. When they began to pray, eventually the churches were getting established and things were happening in the church of in the book of Acts, but it took prayer. I believe that every lady ought to figure out a time by twos and by fours and by six and eights and tens and twelves that you just start meeting. I think we ought to go back in that auditorium and families ought to always, I think there ought to be excitement and, and praising God and shouting and hooping and all that. But I think we ought to bow our heads as a family and say, dear God, bless the preaching of the word of God and do something great here. Save, save souls today. I think every lady ought to pray. I think every boy ought to pray. Every teenager ought to pray. This church must be called a house of prayer. May we get back to prayer. But I want you to see as you're there in Acts chapter 4, under persecution, verse 2, it grieved them that they taught the people and preached. From this time forward, you're going to start seeing preaching in the book of Acts. We need prayer as we come home. We need preaching like never before. I know you can see it in the men that preach here. I hope you can see it in my own life. I am more filled with zealous and zeal and enthusiasm like never before because I believe the hour is late. Preach the word. Preach means to Kairuk, lift your voice. Herald, speak with authority. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be just a little talk show host. It never has been. Preaching has to become paramount. This church needs to be a church where they preach as the virus swept through the world. So may preaching sweep through this world. Prayer and preaching. I want to say to our, my preacher brethren, I love you so very much, but let's not, let's not uh, go back as entertainers and playboys and let's not go back as, as men that are organizing all about sports and play and social. Let's go back and make preaching paramount. Preach the word. This nation's going to be preserved not through basketball and not through gymnasiums, though we have two of them, and not through parties, though we love them all, and not through hot dog fellowships, but bring them all. We'll love that too. It's going to be preserved through preaching. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. I say to you diet today, we're not community organizers. We're to be preachers of the gospel. And when you have something to say, you'll say it with authority, dear pastor. And dear church members across the world that are listening right now, as a man of God stands and preaches the word of God, don't yawn and don't sleep and don't fall asleep and don't make a grocery list. But you amen the preacher. I saw while the Capuchins were singing, I saw a lady had her white handkerchief out the window. Hey, I'd like to see that in church again. I'd like to see a Bible lifted again during preaching. I'd like to say praise to God. And I think I might let you have your horns in the auditorium. Preach, preach. God's chosen the foolishness of preaching. Persecutions here in the Bible. And with persecutions, okay, we're going to have to pray. Persecutions here, so we're going to have to preach. Oh, I want you to see this letter P. It never dawned on me till last Tuesday morning like this. They were on persecution. But God said in addition to prayer, in addition to preaching, I'm going to give you a Paul. I love this. Chapter number 9. Chapter 9 of the book of Acts. Paul was breathing out, threatening his slaughter against the church. It sounds like some governors that I may know. They're trying to slaughter the church and kill the church and hurt the church. 
And the political people in Reno that day were saying, I'm going to use this man, Saul. And Saul was going around and hailing women and consenting to the death of Christians. And if we're not careful, Christians could have said, wouldn't it be great if he died? Wouldn't it be great if he was killed? Wouldn't it be great if, if he uh, just was struck my lines? But God said, no, he's against me, but he is going to be a voice for me. Wouldn't it be great one day if I say, we have a preacher to visit with us today. He got saved on that road to Damascus during the virus. His name is Gavin Newsom. Gavin, God bless you, sir. You asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Yes, he did. By the way, Acts chapter number chapter 9, Paul was threatening on that road to Damascus to Christians. And he got saved by chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 17. And in chapter 9, verse 20, he preached unto them. The man who was threatening them now is preaching to them. I love that. This building here, these are all North Valley Baptist Church buildings. But in that dormitory sleep men of God and women of God. And they are in apartments and places of residence all around this area. Wait a minute. When those doors open up, I believe, and students, I hope you're listening, worldwide that are coming to Golden State. I believe there's going to be some Pauls in there. I believe that God's going to raise them up. I know of a nephew of ours. He went back home to Rockford, Illinois to be with his dad, Pastor Mark Swanson, and has not heard a church service yet in these eight weeks because they've been closed down. Their governor continues to close them down. Wait a minute. I believe God's hands on that precious boy's life. But he is one of so many. I look at the boys out of our own church. I see the touch of God on their lives. I wonder what boy it's going to be. You're in high school now. You're in junior high right now. You're in elementary right now. You're in college right now. You're not even in college. You're just on the sideline waiting for something to happen. And God is going to start stirring in your heart. And God just may use you to bring people to Christ. It's going to be a wonderful thrill. During this persecution, they made prayer paramount. They made preaching paramount. And God gave them a Paul. I'm waiting to see the Pauls that rise up. They're going to, Brother Poussin, God's going to send them. There's going to, can I get an amen on that, Brother Poussin? Thank you very much. God's going to, God's going to, God, can we get an ooga on that, Brother? Yeah, a little weak. That was a forward. But nonetheless, God's going to give us some Pauls and some Paulettes that have come alongside and say, oh, man of God, God created me for the purpose of being your wife, and I want to stand by your side, preach the word, be fearless, stand in the gap and see something happen. It's not over with America yet, ladies and gentlemen. It's not over with the New Testament local church. I'm going to close. I see in this persecution... In this persecution, prayer began to come very prominent and preaching became very prominent. And Paul came on the scene and God began to use him. He became very prominent. In fact, they said, oh, Barnabas, I've heard many things about this Paul guy whose name was Saul. I've heard some things about him. God said, don't be afraid. He's my messenger. God, I'm, God said, I'm going to use him. But I want you to see lastly, 
As you get to chapter 12 and chapter 16, persecution's still going on. But there was praising God. Praising God. Our church has always been a lively church, a happy church, a shouting church. But I tell you what, when we go back in that building, as you have the horns out here, bring a leather voice, a leather lung a fellow that could say, Amen! Praise God! I'm with you! That's it! I'm in this thing! I want God to do something! May we see as we come forward praising God, Dear God, please use my daughter. Please use my son. Don't make paramount how rich they're going to become in their education. Make paramount that you seek first. Does God want them in His service? He's either going to go as God's service or if God calls them differently, let them help a man of God that's trying to do something in the service of the king. These are great days. And I want you to know we're going home. But as your pastor, I see us going back home with prayer, with preaching, with a pulse. God's going to surface. It's going to surface. And God's going to cause us to be a praising people. I love you so much. I thank God for you. I hope you're not too warm out there in your cars. I want to have a word of prayer. Brother, Brother Cooper will conduct the invitation. I pray that these would be the greatest days. I guess if you watch the news, it looks like it's the worst days, days of despair. But I believe that God is greater than any television, radio station, and God can do anything. God can. And before great victories, there's always preparation. Could it be that God is waking a sleeping church in America in particular. Could it be that God is waking us up? I won't tell you the country. I received a text this week. Two young people from a communist country that came to this country and attending a university, a Bible college university. It's a long story. I can't go into the whole story. But somehow the man that they were staying with their school was shut down. The communist country won't let them back in. The man and woman they're staying with were in my pastor's youth group in Michigan in about 1952. The man's in his 80s. And they said something about Jill Smith. Jill Smith is my twin sister. They said, Jill Treber Smith those two students from a communist country said, Treber, we know that name. We know that name. Would that be Jack Treber's sister you're talking about? And they said, that is. He's, that, 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 that's my brother-in-law. Anyway, that's, that's, we, we know him, yes. He said, they mean the one from Revival Time and North Valley Baptist Church and Revival Radio? They said, Yes. And they said, in our communist country, we got saved and we've been listening every day to that service. And they said, the government, the government found out by surveillance that we were watching and listening. They came and said, we forbid you to listen to that program again. And they began to follow them. They said, you'll never listen again. But they said those years prior to coming, it was this church, 
this ministry, that God began to shape their lives for the cause of Christ. And now, communists know Christ as Savior. No telling what God's going to do. There's no telling what God's going to do. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.